Well, good afternoon, and thank you once again for joining me for Business, the Law and You. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program, we'll have a look at a couple of our Harvard Business Review tips. One of them is uh, three ways to unlock your creative potential at work. We're also going to have a chat with Christina Garitaitis from Ideation at Work with our discussion on innovation. We're going to have a look at the uh, disability sector today. But right now, we're going to cross over to a Craig McGregor from the Hunter Recruitment Group. Good afternoon, Craig. G'day, Julian. How are you going today? I'm very well, thank you. You're sitting in a nice, quiet place in a restaurant there. I am. We're out <laughs> in lovely Malpit. Kind, kind of celebrating. We've got one of our uh, staff members who's been with us for over five years now who's moving in the state, so we're having a bit of a farewell lunch for her. Now, now uh, that brings us into what we're going to talk about today, which is recruiting yeah. what the market presents. And you recently had this experience when you were recruiting for to replace her. Um, yeah. yeah. So describe uh, why you think the market is uh, presenting some different issues for us. Yeah, well, and I thought it was a good example to talk to your listeners about that, you know, as, as a, an organisation or as a recruitment agency, um, individuals, businesses, we put a job ad out there and we get respondents from that job ad. And sometimes, yep, it's as easy as we want someone with X, Y and Z skills. And so we find those skills, the personality fit and we fill the job. But I think more and more what people have got to listen to is what the market's presenting. And, for example, our business here, we had a, an opportunity where we, we really wanted to we wanted to replicate what we had done with Sheridan in terms of we trained her up. She started straight out of retail, had done a, an admin course, and, and we trained her up. And, to be honest, she trained us up in a, a number of areas as well and mm. become such a reliable resource for us. But we wanted to do that again. We got a lot of those sorts of applicants that come through the system, and we interviewed those candidates. But we also had this one, we actually had two candidates that presented that had actually had HR qualifications, were looking for a start in the industry, were willing to do the administration work to start with, but we probably had a bit of capacity to get more out of them. The risk, I suppose, for us is that the person that we've placed, will we be able to uh, keep them engaged and keep them for the long term? Maybe, maybe not. That's our challenge. But I think for us as a business, we kind of stepped back and assessed it and went, it's too good an opportunity for us to go, okay, that's a great opportunity for us. The risk is we might lose it in 12 months' time. Let's take that risk. Let's take this great person and then let's see what we can do with our business. And I think she's going to help help our business grow. Mm. So sometimes, you know, turnover is scary. Change is scary. So I think you've just got to embrace it and go, okay, well, what has the market presented for me? And review that just as much as being fixated on we need to get this kind of person into our business. And I suppose with, with the changes that are occurring in uh, in employment these days, people are are staying a lot less time in an organisation than they used to. So uh, if you can get a couple of years out of someone that's got those extra skills, then as you say, you're probably going to benefit from it. Yeah, absolutely. So it's what you've got to look at from a business owner's standpoint or as a manager's standpoint, what's the best for your business right now and what's the future plans and how can that evolve and change. But I think it's also, look, I always sprout on about basic economics of supply and demand. Our market has changed in the hunter and supply and demand in employment has changed. Mm. So I think it's different to five years ago or 10 years ago where there is a bit more supply um, of people available. So you might get that person who's willing to take a little slight left of, of role or has a skill set that's a great fit 
Um, the dollars are now a better fit because the supply and demand and the um, other industries that aren't booming as well as they are are sliding the um, pay scales up. So employers, I think, are in a, a good spot to take advantage of that where they may not have been five years ago. And probably one of the other things that uh, we often don't take advantage of is that people have first skills that they don't necessarily mention on their application. You know, like they they might be uh, members of a of a club or something and have leadership roles in there where they don't necessarily mention it in their applications. Oh, absolutely. Recruiting is a. I actually say to people, it's a flawed system. Trying to find people based on a piece of paper, a resume, and then mm. a an interview, it's, it's really tough. And then as you get to know and learn and grow with people, you'll discover skills or traits or things that they have that are a benefit to your business. And you've just got to figure out how can we make that a mutually beneficial relationship that the individual is going to benefit from their skills growing and the business is going to benefit from the skills that they've got. Well, we're changing track with uh, your other activities, and that is as, yeah. uh, president of the Maitland Chamber of uh, Commerce or uh, yep. Maitland Business. Um What's going on there these days? Yeah, look, we've got uh, our next meeting is in um, September and we've got a breakfast meeting third Thursday of the month and we've got uh, one of the leaders from the RAF are actually going to come up and talk to us about leadership in that, that setting and how that can transfer into business and what lessons we can learn from that. But more, more exciting for me is the, the council is actually running a, a campaign at the moment with the, the hashtag MyMaitland for social media and it's really driven around... Uh, businesses and residents, people, the community of Maitland, trying to drive a bit of activity in that social space to encourage people to come to Maitland. And it's all targeting that, that visitor economy. So, you know, if you've got an event coming up or it's trying to get a family member to come from Newcastle to Maitland to spend some time here with you or from another area, that sort of uh, is the focus. It's a really innovative and fun campaign that I think will will work. It's a bit of a grassroots uh, campaign, and I'm interested to see how, how that will benefit our town. And they're going to present that at uh, your October yeah, meeting? Yeah, October meeting, which will be quite quite fun to see, because it'll be rolled out for a couple of months, so hopefully they'll have a bit of metrics on how effective it's been in the short term as well. Great. Well, thank you very much for your time again, Craig. Um, you get back to your farewell uh, luncheon, yeah, and cheers. we'll have a chat with you another time. No worries. Thanks for having us on. Thank you. Bye-bye. Craig McGregor there from the Hunter Recruitment Group. Yeah, there's some of those skills out there uh, we're not always aware of. We could, might be use them in our business, so yeah, a good idea to uh, focus on some of that. Time to pop over and have our weekly chat with Christina. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you today? I'm very well. Yourself? I'm pretty good too. I'm pretty charged. I've just been part of a three-hour um, discussion for providers um, in the disability sector and the, the whole, the actual workshop was called Zoom and we spoke all morning about innovation, the disruption that the NDIS has caused um, in the industry in a good way and a bad way. Like, you know, disruption is, is disruption. Mm. It's not a negative or a positive comment. It just, it, it is what it is. Uh, and listening to different people's experiences and then actually really great format. The, the workshop was put on by the Business Centre. Great format um, in that at the end there were a series of um, you know, problems that were brought up, but the, the emphasis for each group to work collaboratively to get to know each other was to come up with some solutions. So a really nice format, really well run, and a whole lot of engagement in the room, which is a good thing um, as far as innovation and workshops and everything go, but some of the ideas and some of the concepts uh, that people had as well. So what were uh, some of these uh, challenges that uh, they need to address? 
Uh, well, you know, the, the changes within the industry and you know how we talk, we keep talking about testing something out, iterating, you know, testing, iterating, coming back to client, customer service, customer centricity, which is why the whole process was changed. What the, what the whole scheme has done is put the control hopefully back into the hands of the people um, who who need the services. So instead of it being something that it, that is a mass funded to a, um, by a, you know, by one body. into one, yeah, into one body, all of a sudden we have um, people who can either go to a provider or they can um, self-manage. Uh, they then control where their money goes and where it's spent, where it's most needed. Um, so it's kind of flipped the industry on its head, if you like. Um, mm. Even, you know, very basic things, Julian, which is uh, things that we have talked about, about, you know, the, the necessity for the right physical environment. Mm. And when you're looking at um, servicing people with disabilities, that takes on a whole new look. But, you know, it's the flexibility, the adaptability. Do you need an office space? Do you meet somebody out, you know, in a, in a coffee shop, if, depending on what their needs are? So if you're providing a, um, somebody with a disability who wants to start a business with a business service, go and meet them at a coffee shop, have a conversation. There was also an interesting comment that came up about the temporary fixtures, temporary ramps that can get you into, into and out of buildings. Um, but, but, you know, one of the classic comments I think that came out was, you are the first environment that people meet. So it's how you present, how you um, help people, how you, whether you're on time, whether you're not on time, which, I mean, there's nothing mm. really innovative about that except it's one of those do moments that, you know, the environment that you work in starts with you. And I, I suppose one of the big challenges that the industry does have is in the past it would have been presenting to government bodies and getting funding that way. We're now, they're now like a, other, a lot of other businesses and have to market themselves to a, a vast range of individuals. That's right. And we, so we actually had um, a branding expert there talking about how you brand. You know, talking about starting with the reason that you exist, who is your um, who is your target market? We looked at the business model canvas, which has been innovated for this group um, to specifically for people with um, needs or with you know special requirements for people working with people with disabilities. So mm. they've remodeled the business canvas in that way as well, and that's part of the fluidity, the agility that we need to be experiencing now in business. Um, to service a different group of clients because all our clients, you know, have different needs, whether they're in the disability sector or not. All clients have different needs. So that was a really good um, lesson in adaptability. We don't need to take the business model canvas as it is. We can adapt it to different industry needs. Mm. Just uh, refresh our memories of for our listeners, the business model canvas. Uh, most important thing on a business model canvas is the value proposition. So it's it's the modern day um, business plan. Instead of having that sixty page business plan that you complete for whatever reason and shove in the bottom drawer and never look at again, uh, we actually encourage clients to 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 blow it up. It's a one pager. Blow it up. Have it on a wall. Constantly look at it. So it starts with the value proposition. What is the gift that you are giving people? Talks about customer service. Uh, sorry, customer segments, talks about the key resources that you need, has avenues for collaborations and things like that. So and the cost, the revenue streams, it's all on this one-page document. That is itself fluid and agile. You can keep changing it as the business adapts to different um, different situations. Mm, and it's obviously aimed at all types of businesses, small and large. 
but Thrive it is, and it's such a useful tool. And you can also use the business model canvas um, for the overarching business, but you can use it for each of the segments within your business as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you could actually do a business model canvas for each one of your clients. Okay, yeah. All right, well, thanks very much for your time again, Christina. Uh, a different approach, and but but the same problem, changes in your yeah. industries. And, you know, every I would... I would challenge people these days to, to name an industry that isn't being constantly challenged and where you don't need to... You know, it's that whole... We also dealt with that whole fear of change. Mm. So the resistance to change, but that also that change could be a really good thing for a lot of organisations. Right. We'll have a chat with you again next week. Look forward to it, Julian. Have a great week. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Christina there with... Uh, yeah, a few changes in the disability centre uh, sector as a result of... Uh, the NDIS, and of course, uh, requires some innovation to get around it. Time for a couple of our Harvard Business Review tips. And uh, as we said earlier, this one, three ways to unlock your creative potential at work. Tapping into your innate creativity requires making changes to what you do at work. You need to break your most destructive focus-killing habits, such as spending a large portion of your day or weekend on email or giving in to persistent distractions. To start, give yourself time to quietly think and reflect. Practicing mindfulness can be extremely helpful for this because it aids cognitive functioning. The other thing to work on is managing stress about your deficiencies and failures. This may be the most difficult for achievement-oriented business people, but no one can possibly be creative without failing a lot. Finally, focus on what makes you happy at work. The positive emotions you feel when you are connected to your personal and organisational purpose will help you stay grounded and creative, even when things are tough. And talking about when things are tough, the other one that I've got here, own up to your mistake when you drop the ball. No matter how hard you try, you're likely to disappoint a colleague at some point. But what you should do if you let something really important slip? Instead of hiding, address the problem right away. Face-to-face and preferably with the other person can still make a plan B. If you're supposed to deliver a report that you can't get done, say something like, I think I'm in over my head. Do you want me to keep plugging along? Are there other people who can help? Is there any flexibility with the deadline? Don't wait until your counterpart has no other options. Take ownership by admitting to your mistake and then provide an explanation, but don't belabour it. A heartfelt, I'm sorry, can go a long way. Lay out a plan for how you're going to make the situation right and in the future, be upfront about what you can and what you can't do. Well, thank you once again for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the programme. We've looked at... uh, we're recruiting with the market, what the market presents and looking at some of those extra skills that may be available out there at the moment. And uh, in a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we're going to visit the tax world again with Tony Vidray from AV Chartered Accountants. We'll chat about innovation with Christina and have some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for business, the law and you at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week. And as Sir Richard Branson once said, if you aren't making a difference in other people's lives, 
You shouldn't be in business. It's that simple. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>